Hi there, and welcome to the Fantasy Fantasia podcast, a podcast where a bunch of theater nerds gather around and play various tabletop role-playing games, such as Dungeons and Dragons, Monster Hearts, Monster of the Week, Call of Cthulhu, and more. This podcast was brought to you by the Arts, Culture, and Heritage Fund of the City of Windsor, so big thanks to them. My name is Eric, and I will be your MC for tonight's episode of Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. Previously on Undergrad, a Monster Hearts tale. The beginning of 1992 and a new semester fell upon our AV club. Their first day back was packed with experiments and mystery. Kane, initially confused at the strange disappearance of Specs and the even stranger note he left behind, was able to gather his cast and crew in the tunnels being constructed under the campus to film their huge monster mash scene. While Kane was preparing, Iris and Judy began their culinary class taught by local restaurateur Giuseppe Jr. The culinary class was given the exciting news that their class had a practical element as they would be acting as caterers for the film. Evelyn began her pre-modern era Women of New England class taught by Dr. Mimi Mamora. After the class, Dr. Mamora pulled Evelyn aside and told her that her paper on witches was wonderful, but it lacked information on the witch coven, and she gave her information and books to continue her research. After agreeing to let Maddie McFinfan be her new roommate, Evelyn began to research the covens, only to find a mysterious connection. Glowing blue eyes, much like the eyes of her mentor, Dr. Mamora. Dr. Egan and Dr. Renner rejoined their intellectual prowess and deduced that in order to make Egan's vampirism cure a success, they would need to develop a unique cellular structure that could contain immense power. Just before they could get to work, however, the meeting was interrupted by none other than Dr. Egan's mortal enemy and the vampire that turned her, Abertok. Finally, Zack and Johann von Boss battled in their Sleep for Music Therapy class mixtapes, but it was Zack's approach of creating music so psychedelic that it gave listeners intense dreams that won out. The humiliation was so great that Johann threatened to kill Zack himself before he stormed out of the class. Much to Zack's surprise, he had found out that his mother and stepfather were part of the donor commission of his Music for Sleep Therapy class. His mother had also come to give him a collection of old records that his father owned that his stepfather Todd wanted out of the house. As Zack poured over the record collection, he was shocked to find one addressed directly to him. The record contained the voice of his father, telling Zack that it was time for him to learn who he truly is. And with that, let's get back to our first day of winter semester of sophomore year at Oakhurst College. Welcome back to Undergrad, a Monster Hearts Tale. Chapter 44, New Year, New Me, Part 2. Kane, we're back to you on set, and Kane, you see a food truck pull up behind you <laughs> as its headlights are turned off, and you hear a voice go, Okay, so we gotta get going, and uh, Iris, just make sure you get those noodles going. Okay. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> and from the other end of the tunnel, you hear, Kane, we are ready for you. Can we begin now or what? We're holding up production. 
Yeah, just start rolling and shit. Aurora, you know, Aurora, today you're the boss. All right, just just do what I did. You add the lines that you wanted. Yes, I believe I've captured the emotionality of the scene. Great. Feel it. Roll with it. D do your magic and uh, I'll be right back. I just got to go to this food truck and make sure they have uh, a warrant to be here. And he kind of goes, <laughs> goes over to the food truck. <laughs> Okay, so uh, you head over the food truck. Iris, I guess that's going to snap back to you. Mm. Iris, you have pulled up and Giuseppe goes, all right, everyone, we got to start making the lunch. Iris, just Ooh. make sure you get those noodles. The idea is that you got to stretch them and then turn them and stretch them and turn them and stretch them and turn them. And then oh. you put them in the noodle press and you give it a crank just like that. Okay, yeah, Um, I, I work with clay. I'm sure I can do this. That's the spirit, Iris. And he walks away to go attend to more students. Stretch and turn, stretch and turn. And she's just saying that and trying to do it. And then she like stretches a noodle and it like flings and hits her in the eye. And she goes, oh, 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 ow, ow, ow. Judy? Yeah. Um, the noodle just hit me in the eye. I don't know if I can do this. Oh, that's not good. You should probably just, just, ow. um, uh, just put on some safety glasses or something, I guess. And just make sure you're using a lot of flour. Okay. Thanks, Judy. And she like, um, is the is the um, the food truck? I guess the the stand is it open? Like, can Iris see? It is. Yeah, yes, she's kind of she's <laughs> she's looking around for like safety glasses. And then she just turns and stops and realizes she's like, oh, I'm at the film set that I haven't really seen. She hasn't really seen Kane do his thing. So she just kind of starts looking out at the the crowd for a second and looking at the the set. Just... Yeah, you see a bustling set. You see people are putting on costumes. You see they're getting ready for the big monster mash scene that Kane wow. has assembled. So you see the Rudd's getting into his elongated new arm costume. And you have some people <laughs> getting dressed up as vampires, makeups running around everywhere. The DP oh. setting up shots. You have all the stunt coordinators getting ready. And you have uh, the guy who's going to be lit on fire getting primed <gasps> in his fire suit. Iris thinks it's the most exciting thing she's ever seen. She's a little <laughs> bit concerned about the fire thing and clocks that to ask Kane about if she sees him. Surprise! <gasps> there he is, yeah! <laughs> My gosh, she jumps over the counter and, like, out the opening of the food truck. And just falls into his arms. <laughs> now, Hi. would you be the Giuseppe of Giuseppe's Alfredo food truck? No, I would be the Iris, the girlfriend of the sexy director of this film. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty cool operation we got going down, uh, going on down here, eh? Oh my gosh, Kane, it's so exciting. There's so many people everywhere and, and, and so many lights and costumes. I mean, it's pretty cool. And you are the person in control of all of it. Uh, it's, I got, oh, it's, oh, control is, uh, a, a I wouldn't say control, no. Um, mm. You see, directing is more just about giving other people power, and then oh. they just give you the credit for it after. It's about just kind of guiding them to where they're meant to be, you know? Oh, I love thinking of you in a guiding role. <laughs> and hey. what I think would be... Oh, no. Oh, uh, go ahead. No, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to... I was just going to ask, since you're down here and you've never been on set, if you wanted to be an extra mm. and uh, the scene <gasps> coming up. Oh, my... Me? <laughs> On the TV? Yeah, basically we have this pile of dead bodies and it'd be really cool, I thought, if you could be the one that's laying on top. Oh! <laughs> wow! Um, <laughs> she was expecting, like, I think the image that flashed, flashed in her mind was, like, her as, like, a flower or a tree. And so oh. she's like, oh, dead body! Um, you know what? Sure, I would I would love to support your art. Um, Giuseppe? And she calls into the food truck. <laughs> yeah, Iris, what's going on? Hi! Um, 
This is my boyfriend, Kane. He's the director. Hello. Ah, hello, Mr. Director. Thank you for having us on your fine set. I'm going to make you the finest Alfredo sauce you've ever eaten. I look forward to it, Giuseppe, and thanks for having us on our date, like, a while ago. It was, mm -hmm. uh, your establishment is what brought us back together in a really rough time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my establishment has brought couples together, torn them apart, and everything in between. <laughs> you know, that's just one thing we do there. <laughs> hey, um, Giuseppe, would it be okay if I, um, go and be an extra, a dead body in a scene really quick, and then I'll get back to noodle making? Oh, sounds fun. Yeah, of course. Get out there. Oh. I'm not going to stop anyone from breaching their artistic endeavors. Thank you so much. I mean, I wouldn't say that I was looking as a ghoul to be a dead body, but I'm really happy to support my boyfriend here and see him work in action. And she like pokes the side. Hey, Lauren, come and uh, come and twirl these noodles. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm just doing the parsley. Uh, <laughs> How do you do parsley? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's so funny. Um, mm -hmm. King gets an idea and he's like, actually, Giuseppe, would you like to contribute to the film in a really cool way? Oh, what do you mean? All these noodles look like <gasps> guts. And if we add some red dye to it, I think we could use it in some of our shots to make it look like people are, you know, opened up and stuff like brains and other stuff. What do you think? I fucking love it. Let's do it. He grabs a handful of noodles and he says, lead the way, director. All right. So I guess we'll walk over with Iris and Giuseppe over to the set where um, I guess Aurora or whoever is they're about to do their scene. Kane, we're ready for your shot. Oh, who is this? She says, looking at Iris. Oh, hi, I'm Iris. I was about to say, that's Giuseppe. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, I know who Giuseppe is. I'm there all the time. And Giuseppe says, yes, Aurora Stella's always welcome in my establishment. She's the greatest star on the whole campus. Aren't you, Aurora? <laughs> well, if you say so. Wow, are you the star of the movie? You could say that, yes. Oh, wow, that's really exciting. Hi, I, I'm Iris. You said your name is Aurora? Aurora Stella, yes. Wow, that's a really pretty name. Thank you. Iris, that's an interesting name. Hmm. Yeah, it's um it's a type of flower. Hmm. I've gathered as much, yes. Hmm. So Kane, where do you where do you want me? Oh yeah, so uh, Aurora, we're gonna be adding Iris to your scene just as uh, one of the bodies hmm. in the background there, since uh, she has such an expressive face, you know? Um, wonderful. I'm so happy. <laughs> you don't look happy. <laughs> no. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong, Aurora? I gave you all the leniency you could have for this scene. What, what's up? Nothing. Nothing, Kate. I'm ready. Anyways, tell them to hurry the fuck up because it's fresh in my mind. And I believe Rudd is going to lose his shit if you don't put the camera on him soon. Kate, I got the new costume. Looking good, Rudd. Now just, you know. It fits my arms. <laughs> a rarity in this world. I understand. He, he he waves at you, Iris, and his hands <gasps> touch the top of the cave. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. Kane, is, is that the guy who served us at Giuseppe's? The waiter? Yeah, it was. Oh. Oh, I do hire Rudd. He's got... I've never seen more plates being able to be held in a single grip. You know what I mean? <laughs> hmm. Um, hey, Kane, and she, like, pulls him aside. She goes, hey, where's that, um... What do you call him, Specs? Where's he? I was gonna try and talk to him and maybe tell him to be nicer to you. Oh, um. First, maybe save that speech for Aurora, and he kind of points to her. Mm. Um, but that's the thing. Um, 
I, I gotta talk to you about specs. He, uh, something really oh. weird came up today. Um, oh, no. Also, we're running out of time limit, and I, I waste a lot of time here, so why don't we do <laughs> the scene first, and then uh, I want to talk to you about specs. Okay, sounds good. I will go be the best dead body you have ever filmed. And she, like, walks off. She doesn't know where she's going. She starts walking somewhere. <laughs> the, the pile of bodies. The, 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 oh, the, the, the... that one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Don't we just uh, throw my noodles everywhere, Kane? Uh, all over Iris. Cover her in them. Okay, he throws all the noodles on you, Iris. How does it look hot, though? Like, she, she, like, she wears them well, right? Can I roll hot oh and see how sexy I look with noodles? Yeah, sure. You can roll hot. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, you could roll hot. <laughs> it's a nine. So maybe oh, not that okay. great. Yeah, they're okay. No, you know what? I'm going to use the Pez dispenser that uh, Evelyn gave me to add plus one to that. Can I do wow. that? What? <laughs> wow. So, Iris, you use the Pez dispenser. And yeah, no one who's been in this position oh with fake spaghetti intestines has looked quite this good. Uh, she has to make a good impression. She's on the film side for Kane. Oh, my God. Hey, DP, focus on Aurora, yeah. not Iris, okay? Totally. All right, sorry, Kane. It's just the camera loves her. <laughs> All right, and uh, Iris, stop smiling. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Kane, we are ready and standing by. Your stunt coordinator's like, man, I'm ready to light this motherfucker on fire. He says to the guy dressed up as the wolf man. Did we check if, did we safety? You know what? It doesn't matter. Okay. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> lights, camera. Okay, Iris, you can't make a sad face either. You're dead. Just oh, just um, be as, as neutral as possible. Okay, um, maybe I'll just shove some noodles in my mouth so then it'll just fill up, fill up my cheeks and then I can't make any face. <laughs> That's good. She does okay. that. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. She's just eating her own intestines now. She's like chip on the cheeks. But she still looks hot because I got a 10. Yeah, I know. You still look hot. Okay, good. Kane very quickly turns to. <laughs> Kane very quickly turns to his writer and just says, Keep that idea in your back pocket. They start cannibalizing themselves. Okay. Lights. <laughs> Action. And can you call action and the monsters start fucking fighting each other. It's just like people in suits are beating each other up. The vampire uh, guy puts some like a fire starter in his mouth and blows some fire out. And it, it engulfs the guy who's dressed up as the werewolf and he's lit on fire. Oh. And he like runs around in a circle oh over and over again. Busts him on fire in his suit. Red Plainsbud uses both of his arms to hold back two different monsters from either side of him. <laughs> grabs their heads and claps them together and you hear Aurora like she goes madness 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 <laughs> just, this, this, the, 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 uh, the monster mash is just in full full fucking swing and finally at the end just as you scripted the monsters are kind of like all making the center pile on top of the dead dead quote unquote bodies of everyone <laughs> and the other monsters until it's this like monster human dead body pile up and the last monster <laughs> to rule them all is Rudd on top and he like stands there with his long arms and like makes this like ah that you're just gonna probably fix some post yeah and, <laughs> and Aurora says you, I've known since the first time I saw you that I loved you, and she runs up the bodies to go see the monster. Ow! <laughs> God damn it. And Aurora takes Rudd's hands and says, and together, you and I will learn what it is like to live in a world of love and monsters, and they embrace, and Kane, your DOP gives you a thumbs up, like you got the exact shot that you wanted to give. <laughs> Cut!
And immediately the people run over it and extinguish the uh, werewolf who's still running in circles on fire. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> hey, uh, DP, good idea on that super wide angle lens. We needed it for, our, for uh, Rudd's extra arm length there. Ken, <laughs> did we get the shot, dude? I, uh, <laughs> and uh, with the final fire put out, we got it. We're good. Yay! Yeah. The whole fucking place just cheers and claps, and they're super excited that they got this really intensely choreographed shot. And you hear clapping behind Ooh. you, and you hear, Well, I must say, that was one heck of a scene, Director Kane. And you're looking at Vice President Silvertree smiling at you both. Ah. Thank you, Mr. Silvertree. I uh, was caught in the moment there. I didn't realize you were there. <laughs> Please don't mind me. I was thrilled to watch. I must say I was very impressed, Kate. I did not expect that werewolf to be lit on fire in this entire production. It's wonderful. Neither was I, actually. <laughs> it was, uh, kinda... <laughs> and before he goes into an explanation of how they kind of threw it together today, he um, thinking that's probably not a good idea for someone who's going to give them funding, he says. Uh, but yeah, uh, so uh, thanks for showing up and uh, checking things out. I really appreciate your incentive to give the film more money. I feel like it's going to be big. Uh, you haven't found any trouble in the caves, right? Everything's been fine. Oh, no, it's it's been totally fine. I mean, uh, there's a bit of noise, ambience, but other than that, uh, nothing. I actually was going to do some rounds to make sure there's no issues beyond the set, but uh, no, no issues. Yes, I think that is a very wise decision. And Iris, how are you enjoying your cooking class with the finest chef in the Tri-City area? Oh, no, Vice President, you're too kind. I just make noodles. It's true. You are the best person for the job. So, Iris, please tell me, how are you enjoying Giuseppe? Mm, she like she's, she runs up and she's still chewing noodles because she had them in her mouth, trying not to <laughs> smile. And she swallows big and she goes, hi. Mm, hi, hi, sorry, yes, um... I'm doing great. Um, I just started the cooking class. Thank you so much um, for putting me in it. I haven't done much yet, but I'm excited to learn how to make noodles. And um, yeah, I'm really curious to see more of these tunnels, actually. They seem to go really far. Uh, yes, well, we are expanding all the way to Oakhaven. I spoke with you know, uh, the, the deans, got together with the president, and we all agreed that we should expand the tunnel so that students can walk safely from campus to Oakhaven. We think it will in increase the commerce in Oakhaven as well, helping everyone all around. Mm, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, when I've been yeah. in Kings and Links a few times, it seemed pretty empty. Yes, yes, the Oakhaven Small Business Association has told us repeatedly to get more students here, and, well, this just seems like the safest and most logical route, if you ask me. Um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, um, Mr. Silvertree, how are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm doing fine. I must say, ever since my disappearance, I have, you know, some days where I have these strange dreams of being in a a dark room with strange mosaics on the walls, but it's all very blurry. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that sounds... Mm, she looks at Kane. <laughs> that sounds... Uh, like, uh, you, you should uh, keep an eye on that. Make sure... Um, doesn't get any worse or clearer. <laughs> <laughs> or just for, or just try and forget about it and just go on with your life. Um, that too. I don't know. Um, mm, yeah, move on. Yep. Just move on. Move on. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I'll, I'll try. Listen, I, I don't want to keep you, but... Oh, Vice President, you gotta stay for the Alfredo sauce we're just about to put on lunch. Now that they got the shot, it's time to get some food going. So, you know what, Iris and Kane, you all did such good work today. Why don't you just go off and have your little love bit time? I saw, I heard you both <gasps> wanted to go see the tunnels. You do you. I'll hold down the fort. I got my A-team there. Honestly, me and Judy could probably do everything by ourselves anyway. <laughs> wow, this is the best class ever. <laughs> I'm loving this setup. You hear Aurora go, is that lunch, Kane? You already... <sighs> yes, it's lunch. Lights, camera, lunch. <laughs> go have lunch. Lunch, everyone. She she, she says over. You really God damn the... it. Told... <laughs> <laughs> you told the wrong things today to boost her ego. Yeah. And uh, so, so everyone breaks for lunch and VP Silvertree says, well, I must have... I can't say no to a plate of your Alfredo. Giuseppe, please lead the way. You two, it was great to see you and I really, Ooh. really look forward to seeing you again. Yes, me too. Thank you, Silver Tree. Mm-hmm. Iris, can you roll in It's Showtime and make it a cold roll, please? Oh, yeah, with my zero modifier? Sure. <laughs> Ruh <Ruh-roh. laughs> Oh my god, that's a 10! Hey! hey! Nice! Oh my nice. god, the dice gods today, thank you. <laughs> so, Iris, I'm gonna say just like observationally, and I had to roll specifically for a reason, because you saw those yearbooks mm. with Egan mm-hmm. way back when. Mm-hmm. You yep. notice that he is wearing a pin with a flower on it, yes. and the flower Ooh. is not colorful. It has no color. It almost looks like it's black and white. <gasps> and remind me, Eric, it was, it got progressively more, I think it was red, red in the yeah. years, right? It did, yes. Just as a quick recap for the listeners, when Iris went to the frat arc, she went to the frat house after all that chaos, uh, she actually looked through the picture books and VP Silvertree's pin kept getting more and more red, this rose pin. Um, She kind of cocks her head at that and then grabs Kane's arm and goes, hey, hey, um, do you see the pin that the VP is wearing? Yeah, yeah, the, uh, the um, black and white one there. It kind of makes me nervous because, um, remember, oh, remember back at the frat house when I stayed behind with Egan to give you space? And, um, we actually looked at some yearbooks, and long story short, uh, VP Silvertree was wearing that pin, but each year that, um, Rufus had, the pin kept getting more full, and I don't know if that means anything, but I don't know. I'm a little nervous. Yeah, let's... And uh, it was a rose, right? His pin? Yep, a glowing yeah. rose red pin. Okay. Mm. And you know, like the look under the rose? Like maybe he's connected. Yeah, we should keep an eye. You know, maybe we should keep pursuing this friendship that Silvertree seems to want to have with us since he's almost remembering oh. us and see if we can get some more information out of him on that. That's a really good idea. Maybe we can, you know, have dinner with him or or meet him in his office one time or something? I don't know. Yeah, I actually, he, do something. he wants to give the film more funding, so that would actually be a good opportunity to be like, hey, let's meet up and, you know, and then we can uh, do some digging. Hmm, you know, you're smart. Go. You kind of... <laughs> 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 also, yeah. I really want to... I, I really kind of want to have some words with Aurora because I really don't like the way she's kind of stepping on your toes. Uh, don't even no it, it's okay honestly the whole thing with i don't know if i told you this i i wanted to like a year ago mm. at least but like <laughs> she like kept trying to seduce me and i kept being like no i'm not into that and um i uh yeah so things are just kind of weird and i kind of just give her what she wants so that she, she doesn't keep like pursuing that i don't know if she's still into that she's kind of checking you huh. out for a second she's a wild card so i would just mm. i would just steer clear 
Well, that's good to know. Yeah, um, isn't it? <laughs> and she kind of, she just kind of looks and looks at Aurora a little bit more and then turns back to Kane and goes, so, um, should we look at these tunnels? If the VP is a villain, I'm kind of worried that we're going to run into something bad, but I also kind of want to see what's going on. I've been really excited for this day to come. I've wanted to go through these tunnels since we learned about them. Also, I got to tell you about specs. <gasps> right. Yes. So you begin exploring the tunnels. And where you're heading, Kane, you can't hear any construction right now. Mm. Ooh. Okay. Huh. So they're done. Um, and Kane basically just, just explains to her the letter and how it's completely ass backwards for him to say that. And, uh, and I'm a little concerned that he's just suddenly gone. Like, I don't know why you would just leave. Like, this film was really important to him, too. And I just gave him an opportunity to direct the Monster Mash scene. And for him to just be gone all of a sudden, I I don't know what happened. It's just strange. I don't, I don't know if it's even connected to anything, but it's just really weird. Hmm. Um, yeah, that does sound weird from what you told me about him. Kane, should we... I don't know. Do you know where he lives? Should we go check on him? Yeah, I kind of... I can't believe I'm fucking saying this, but... I think we should go check on Specs to see if he's okay. As you're saying that, same thing as Iris. Kane, please give me an itch showtime and add cold, please. Cold is, since I'm the chosen skin now, is actually my best stat. And nice. my, my, it kind of flip-flopped. Before, um, hot and dark were my best as the uh, infernal, but now they're my worst. They're both negative one. Really? <laughs> yeah, these frosted tips aren't really serving Kane. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that's an 11. Damn. 11. So, Kane, as you're about to turn back and around, you notice that there is, as the tunnel is kind of shrinking and getting narrower, where they haven't done a lot of work, it bends out of sight. And just before the bend is totally out of sight, you see two large eyes looking at you from the darkness. What? And these eyes appear to be of an adult face wearing a lot of baggy kind of clothing all around it and as the eyes notice that you notice them Kane they kind of narrow and open up in panic and begin to run the other <laughs> way what you saw that right what um yeah I think I did we gotta go and he immediately busts out his hoverboard and like jumps oh, on and says you coming yeah and Iris yes. Iris brings out her wings too yeah, yeah let's go <laughs> so down, Iris bitch. and Kane you fly in fucking hoverboard <laughs> down and you hear like because you're going significantly faster than the person running you can hear kind of their footsteps echoing down the tunnel as you run and uh, the, the deeper you go into this tunnel the more unkept it is like it, it gets mm. thinner and more narrow until it's barely a tiny rudimentary service tunnel. And uh, I'm not even going to make you roll because you're both exceedingly fast on these things. You catch up and you, this this person turns around and falls to the ground. She goes, no, please, please, please don't, don't hurt me, please. I, 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 I I simply heard some noise and and I wanted to, to, to investigate. I I just, I just wanted to make sure that everyone here was safe and okay. (gasps) And you're looking at a middle-aged woman who appears to be wearing many different layers of different kinds of clothing hmm. that don't match. And she's looking very scared right now, looking at you. Hey, oh. no, we weren't going to hurt you or anything. We we were no. checking the tunnels for the exact same thing, actually. Were you the lot trying to film the movie over there? 
Yes. Oh, we heard such cool things. I heard that there was someone on fire. That must have been very cool. <laughs> and Kate starts to get a little distracted. Actually, pretty, it kind of was. The whole use running around. <laughs> like he starts kind of getting into his film. Kane, 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 And Iris puts a hand on his shoulder. Um, and she like kneels down. She goes, hi, I'm Iris. What are you, I guess, what's your name? Hello, Iris. You have such lovely eyes and oh. <laughs> do you still have your wings out? No, she she would have brought him. She would have put him back in. Yeah, okay. And the woman looks at you and says, I'm so sorry, where are my manners? My name is Debbie, and I... Well, I live here. Wait. Oh. What? Well, there's a few of us. We, we all live here. You see, we're originally from Oak Haven in the surrounding towns, and, well, you know, Oak Haven doesn't... You know, they try to keep up the picturesque town vibe, and, well, they aren't very kind to people like us who, well, who don't have homes. And we, when we heard the tunnels were being built, we figured that we would have a season to get out of the cold. Well, they left us alone, so we found a part of the entrance that leads to Oak Haven. It's just very, very, it's a small surface tunnel, but we found a way in, and, well, we've been living here. How many of them are you? How many are you? Oh, there's about a dozen of us, but more and more come every oh, day. Kane. And well, we call ourselves the Gophers, <laughs> since we've been living down in these tunnels. And well, I didn't give us the name, but someone did, and it's stuck. And that's what we like to call ourselves now that we live yeah. here. It's a pleasure to make your acquaintance. Yeah. Oh, I usually don't get that kind of welcome from people from Oak Haven. So, excuse me if I'm not used to you being so kind. Um, Debbie, this is going to be really random, but have you noticed anything weird going on in these tunnels down here? Because the reason we were checking out the tunnels is, uh, we've... <laughs> he kind of turns to Iris for a sec. He doesn't know exactly how to word this <laughs> to, uh, <laughs> a yonder mortal person here. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've just heard rumors that there's, like weird things down in the tunnels kind of like ridiculous stories yeah. of like you know wild animals or I don't know like <laughs> cultists uh, but uh, like just weird random things um have you like seen magic anything like... which you know isn't real yeah. but kind of is <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah as Kane steps down off his hoverboard yeah no yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, have you seen anything weird down here Debbie hmm. do you mean do you mean the dreams? What? Yes, we mean the dreams. Can you tell the us about the dreams? I... Listen, I think it's best if you come with me. I'm going to bring you to the other gophers, please. Oh. Come. Oh. Come with me. Um, oh, wait. Actually, before you go, and uh, she puts a hand on Kane's arm, she's like, I'm, I'm in a cooking class. I have food here, and she's just gonna run, fly back. And, <gasps> yeah. as, she's gonna fly back as quickly as she can, but then take put her wings back. Obviously, when she gets back to the set, goes to Giuseppe and says, "Hi, um, Giuseppe, could I buy some food off of you?" Buy food? Aww. You don't have to buy food off me. We're familia. Please Aww. take as much food as you want. What you want a whole tin? Yes. God, you're so skinny. You need to eat like three times as much pasta a day. What you you want some Alfredo sauce? You want garlic bread oh, with cheese? Oh, what do oh, you wow. want? <laughs> everything. Just give me everything. You want a charcuterie board? What are you saying? Yes. Um, pretend I haven't eaten. Pretend I haven't eaten in like a month. 
You got it. I'm going to give you the works, Iris. That's just because I really like you. And uh, what do you want? You want some cannolis? I'll give you cannolis. Oh, cannolis, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Goes back to Debbie. All right. <laughs> Kane, can you help me carry some of this? Yep, yep. <laughs> he kind of runs over and helps. Thanks, babe. Okay, Debbie, take us to your gophers. Debbie leads you probably about seven or eight minutes down the, the tunnel. And as she's leading you there, she says, it's been very strange. You see, people have been, well, it, we seem to be having dreams ever since we moved in here. Horrible, horrible dreams of... Well, it's, it's hard to explain, but it's just so much sadness and, and anger. And, and we, we wake up feeling so strange that we, it's like all the happiness has been drained from us. And, and, and the nightmares have been getting worse. You see, people have begun talking in their sleeps and they've been saying such weird things. Oh. Anything specific or gibberish? Actually, yeah. no, it's always the same thing, they say. It's, oh. it's always been the same thing. And by the time she finishes just saying that, you enter this town proper. And what you see is at this point, the tunnel rocks are very rough. Nothing has gotten to this area yet. But you see that they have made this this town underground. And there's little uh, alcoves that they have set up their houses in. And there's different areas where warm fires are burning and people are sitting around and keeping warm and enjoying each other's company and, and looking happy and safe. And they're waving at Debbie and stuff like that. Iris, you're going to hand out food right yeah. now? Yeah, she's kind of going for to each person going, hi, I'm Iris, take whatever you want. And everyone thanks you, Iris, and is just very grateful oh. for what you're doing. And she kind of, I feel like she looks back to Kane with like almost tears in her eyes because she's, she's, it's literally heartbreaking for her to see all these people without homes just kind of here. Yeah. And the more that you hand out food, Iris and Kane, the more you get the <laughs> sense that this is a very strong, tight-knit community and they're looking out for each other. And as they all thank you again, you kind of passed out most of the food. Debbie leads you to the back and she says, I think that uh, in, in the back there, Bert always takes night shifts, so he's always asleep during the day. And Well, just follow me. It's probably best if you just see it. And she leads you to the last shack and she opens up the door and you see a man sleeping there who looks to be around Debbie's age. And he's shivering in his sleep. And you hear him muttering the same words over and over again. <laughs> Self. Science. Others. Arcane. Nature. Self. Science. Others. Arcane. Nature, self, science. And Debbie looks and she says, it's the same five words over and over again. And they say that we say them in our sleep too. Um, Debbie, would you mind if I, and she kind of looks at Kane and then back at Debbie, would you mind if I um, go up and, and um, just kind of observe a bit closer to Bert? Bert's a pretty strong sleeper, so I think you'll be okay. Please, Cyrus, go, go ahead. You've been so generous with us already. Can I, um roll gaze into the abyss and just see if um because i well i don't know because i almost wanted to use jimmy's stuck down the well which is when something bad is happening or just about to happen uh you can i don't think that really applies but you can roll to intervene but she basically wants to see if she can kind of figure out get a sense of what's happening in his head yeah i would say this is a more gaze into the abyss roll perfect oh my god that's a 14 <laughs> okay carla wow thank you dice gods <laughs> I feel like she kind of hesitates and then just kneels next to Bert and just places a hand on, like, his wrist or something. 
Yeah, so you get to choose two on these. The visions right. are lucid and detailed. The visions show you what you must do, and you carry one forward while doing it, or the visions cure you, removing a condition. Um, well, I don't really have the condition thing, so I guess the... Uh, the first two? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of just kneel down and grab his wrist. Yeah, he's, he's so clammy, and, and, and again, he doesn't even notice you grab it. He just almost shrieks in fear like he's trapped in his head. And when you grab his wrist, Iris... You see something very intense, and the image that comes to mind is a massive domed room. And it's clearly subterranean. There are no windows. There is no light except these little, uh, almost like, um, think mining lights kind of put in in the corners. Mm -hmm. And you see that there is a huge chair in the center. And in this chair, there are hundreds of these pipes and cords sticking out of the chair. And a central figure is sitting there with his chin resting on his hand and his arms each on kind of the armchair of this throne and you see these crimson deep deep eyes looking back at you with this silvery white hair Mm. um, draped over this very thin body and all around this figure are five beings each emanating an immense amount of light in a pentagram like formation and they're channeling their energy into the central being but you can hear as the five figures are giving their energy to the central figure, you can hear them repeat the same words. Self, science, others, arcane, nature. Self, science, others, arcane, nature. And it gets louder and louder and louder as the central being stands up and you see his red eyes turn gold as he stands probably... 30 feet tall. He just grows into this room, and you just see him grow and grow and grow, and his hand comes up and squashes you in the vision. <gasps> yeah, I feel like she, like, jolts back and, like, almost, like, hits the, hits the floor on her back. <gasps> hmm. Um, and she tries to collect herself and stand up. Did you see anything? <gasps> oh, um... Maybe, um, Kane, can I talk to you for a minute? Yeah, of course. Hmm. Debbie, just give me one second. I'm I'm really sorry. And uh, she, like, pulls him into a corner and just tells him everything that she heard. And she goes, this isn't good. You know what? This, we we should meet with the others as soon as possible and and discuss Mm. this. I'm feeling really sad for these people. Should we do something to help them? We can't leave them here. Oh no, we're we're happy here. Oh. We're free. We're I, I thank you, Iris, but you can't solve all of our problems in one day. Mm. But just please come come and visit us. You're always welcome here, and we're happy to help you in any way we can, please. She's nods. If you want, um, stop by sometime on the film set during our lunch. You could just, like, toss on a few hats for people, and I could just say you're set builders or something, and you can grab some of uh, Giuseppe's food. Well, thank you, Iris and Kane. That's very kind of you. Would you mind keeping the fact that we're down here a secret? The safety of my community is of utmost importance to me. Please. Of course. And Yeah. Debbie, I actually, uh, I want you to have this. And he pulls out his Oakhurst pin. 
and he extends his hand to her and he says, if you're ever in trouble or anything, if there's anything that happens in these tunnels and you feel unsafe, press this pin and we have some friends who will be here to help you guys. Wow. I, I don't know what to say. I, no one's ever done anything like this for us before. Oh, well, that makes me sad. People should have. Thank you. Thank you. P- please, like I said, if there's, if there's anything that we can do for you, uh, um, please don't hesitate to drop by. We will. Hmm. And I will let you know if anything happens, Kane. I'll keep this pin safe. Awesome. Um, as they're walking away, Iris turns to Kane and says, Well, um, the group respects. Uh, the, the group, the group respects can wait. Should I, um, should I press my pin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Let's do this thing. Let's get wild. <laughs> she presses the pin. Um, <laughs> Let's get wild. <laughs> Do I have to roll, Eric? I forget. <laughs> uh, yeah, just give me a dark roll. Okay. Um, wow, that's uh, that's a 13. Oh, my oh. God. So say exactly what you want them to hear. Um, she says, um, guys, we found out some news. Um, we need to meet ASAP at the Society. Okay. So on that, our camera fades away from Iris and Kane. Dr. Egan, mm-hmm. thank you for your patience. We're back to hey. you. I'm, I'm learning stuff. <laughs> Such a juicy episode. Yeah. yeah, man. Oh, yeah. I think I got a theory. But anyway, go on. Dr. Egan, you are looking at Abertok and Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner is a little bit out of it. And Abertok looks at you and takes a long sip of his blood Kool-Aid jammer. And he says... Bummel, you did a wrong thing and betrayed me. First of all, let's get one thing straight. You keep on calling me by my old name. I am no longer that simpering, weak little girl that you destroyed. I have spent the last millennia reinventing myself, and so you are going to call me by my my current name, Dr. Egan. Very well, Dr. Egan. We'll play by your rules. Yes, you will. Dr. Renner, can he respond to me? Oh, aye, he could, if I deem it worthy, but I needed him to shut up for a moment because we have some talking to do, Dr. Egan. I know. I I want him to leave so we can have some privacy. Oh, he will stay right here. In case you try to betray me again, I can promise you I will snap his neck before you have a chance to try anything. So if this pathetic human means anything to you, I suggest you answer my questions. Why did you betray me? Do you think that I would trust you after what you did to me? It's been a while, but I don't believe that you have good intentions for supporting my research. (laughs) I simply look for a way to be free from all of this, and you denied it to me. Oh, believe me, I will make sure that you benefit from my work, but I will not have you have control over it. He switches to to high vampiric. Oh. 
And he says to you in High Vampiric, but how do I know that you have not gone behind my back and discovered the old ways? Now, you have a choice to answer that or not, Dr. Egan, but he, he's specifically talking, and you get mm-hmm. the idea that he's trying to see if you understand him. Yep, yep. Um, so she walks over to her bookshelf, and um, she says to him, I have no idea what you just said. I have tried to learn High Vampiric, but... I found it to be too difficult. Speak to me in English. So you dare learn the mother tongue of our race. Impressive, Dr. Egan. I thought that a woman of science would turn her back towards magic, but it's thrilling to see you embrace our traditions. Who said anything about magic? Just the language. Let's just say it's a little (laughs) dip into my culture. Oh, you always were wise and witty. So, Bommel, I'm so sorry, Dr. Egan. When are we going to begin the next ritual? Because you pissed away the moon ritual by destroying what little of the of the solution we created. Hmm. I hope that you have another idea for a sufficient power source. Well, when is the next lunar eclipse? A powerful lunar eclipse, then a normal lunar eclipse is nothing. We need a planetary alignment, several planets. That will not happen for years. It's gone now. We must find another way. And I suggest you tell me what you have found before I break this human's neck. (laughs) Well, if you break that human's neck, you won't get what you want. Dr. Renner here is the key to finding that power source. So I suggest that you preserve him... And let me do my work. I will never let you work on this by yourself again, Dr. Egan. I insist that I be there for everything from now on. Mm, I'll see about that. <laughs> she kind of says that under her breath. <laughs> he, 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 with his vampiric hearing, he definitely heard it. Mm-hmm. And he turns to look at Jeremy Renner and you see his eyes flash again. And he says, no matter what happens... You will always inform me when you are meeting with Dr. Egan. Understand, mortal? And you hear Jeremy just go, Yes, master. Fuck. You think you are the only one who can play mind games, Dr. Egan. I was playing them for hundreds of years while you were, what, how did you put it? A crying, sniveling little mortal. She just stares at him silently. Doing a little stare down. (laughs) Now, I suggest we cut the bullshit. You know about Philosopher Stones, don't you? Perhaps, yes. I don't know what they are, but I know of their existence. She's lying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it so happens I do know what they are, though I do not know how to make them. Tell me what you know. Well, you understand, of course, that the stone is powered by the essence of humanity itself. Indeed, I do. It requires a soul, Dr. Egan. It requires a soul reduced to its simplest form, pure energy. Nothing more, nothing less. All identity stripped away, all consciousness stripped away. But you are left with 
is essentially a human battery able to power anything that you set it to. She's getting ideas. <laughs> I have not been able to do such things because I do not know how. But if you do, Dr. Egan, I suggest you tell me if you hide another thing from me, the first Philosopher's Stone made will be made from him. <laughs> you think I care? You think that scares me? He is the source of food. That is all. <laughs> I always knew you were a vampire deep down. Dr. Egan, can you roll manipulate an NPC for Yeah, <laughs> this requires a roll. Um, okay, so I'm going to, <laughs> I'm going to use, uh, the Pez. The Pez! Oh my god! <laughs> she casually reaches Carl into her fanny well pack her. and she kind of like <laughs> What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> I know, backwards. well, I love this Pez. Um, what is, what, what does my Pez look like? I forgot. Uh, it's your heads, isn't it, right? Oh, is it head? Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I, I, I flip it up and I take the Pez and I kind of stare at him as I put it in my mouth and uh, so it's going to be a 10 <laughs> hey okay right. okay. so yeah you, you completely poker face if I'm going to say there mm-hmm. and he goes <laughs> oh Dr. Egan I always knew deep down you were just like me hardly now if you excuse me I must be going I expect your as you say, your meal ticket here to alert me next time you meet. I will bring everything I have on Philosopher's Stones, and we will figure this out. And he reads Jeremy's notes and he goes, hmm, for an insignificant mortal, he's rather intelligent. Indeed he is. Goodbye, Dr. Egan. Good riddance. In a dust smoke, he disappears, and Jeremy shakes his head and he goes, "Ugh!" Oh. And you see, um, fucking Dusty too, like mopping the ceiling, goes, "Oh, what the? Oh, Doctor Egan, hello. What have I? I'm sorry. Did I? Did I just go on autopilot cleaning? Sometimes I do that." Oh, Dusty, you do a wonderful job. Thank you so much for taking care of this leak. I I do appreciate it. Um, I I think you're fine now. Why don't you? Why don't you go go uh, go somewhere else and uh, complete your task for tonight? <laughs> I will do, Doctor. You have a lovely day. You as well. And Jeremy looks at you and goes, I have the worst headache. What the hell happened? Oh, yes. Um, you know, you just sort of phased uh, out for a bit. Um, have you been getting enough sleep? You didn't. You didn't do anything to me, did no, you, No, 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 I promise, I promise you, I did not do anything to you. I promise. Okay. 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 Right, no, um, I think perhaps, I don't know, maybe you've been, um, around chemicals too much today, or I, I didn't want to bother you, you seemed very serene, so I, I thought perhaps I'd just let you sleep for a while. Well, I... 
I, I think I'd better go. I think we made some great progress today. Yes, um, Elizabeth, yes. I, I'm going to see what I can get from my old research, and when I come back, we'll we'll put together what we have, and I think we can make great strides in a short amount of time. I think so, too. Thank you, Dr. Anna. Yeah. I'm, I really do appreciate you working with me. And she holds her hand out again for another handshake. He shakes your hand, and then he just opens up his arms and gives you a light hug. Oh, okay. We're progressing to hugs. All right. <laughs> and, and, she, and she kind of, uh, so she, she also reciprocates the hug, but she kind of pulls him in just a little bit, just mm. a little bit more than a light hug. You see he pulls up his shoulders to hide his neck still. That's just like a still a, a reaction. <laughs> um, and, and she says, all right, fair enough. And he walks out the door. And on that, you feel your pin go off and you hear Iris say in your head. <laughs> to make a formal address. What did I say? Hi, guys. <laughs> it's Iris. <laughs> Bad stuff happening. Come to the society. <laughs> Bad thing, society. All right. Such a silly line to have a through line through this campaign. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right? Thank you. Thank you, Owen, for bringing it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, so you can, I assume you're heading off to the society? She's first going to write down uh, what Amartak set told her because um, she didn't, she knew like how it was made, but she didn't realize that it was like an energy source, right? Like specifically. Right. Yeah. Right. So she's yeah. writing that stuff down. Okay. So you have some new information on the Philosopher's yes. Stone and you head mm-hmm. out and yep. that's going to lead us to Evelyn. Okay. <laughs> Evelyn, you have been doing some research on covens. Mm-hmm. And Evelyn, as you've been looking and you find the thing about the blue eyes and stuff like that, uh, your pager goes off. Okay. And it's summoning you to your dorm because <laughs> it's ready. Okay. So, yeah, Evelyn looks at her pager and she takes a deep breath, kind of rolls her eyes and um, starts heading to her dorm. And as she's walking to her dorm, she's keeping an eye out for Friedrich. She wants to see if she can find him around and and tell him about um, the... It's what she's forcing Zach to do. Yeah, honestly, fuck it. I'll just say that you run into Friedrich. He's heading off to get some food, and, and he's skipping. <laughs> you who skipped my loo? You who skipped my loo, Friedrich? Oh, yes, hello, Evelyn. Hi, how are you? Oh, I'm doing very good. I just saw Zachary, and we kicked butt in the music thing. Oh, oh, good. That's that's good to hear. Um, Hey, about Zach. Um, look, um, Zach and I kind of made a deal about something, and I want to make sure that you make sure that he goes through with it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, he and, well, I guess the entire um, hive are going to play some concerts for some uh, sick children. Oh, is that just a good idea? I tried to tell Johan to do that fun time, but he said no because there was nothing that they could do to contribute to our success. Oh my gosh. I, I can picture him saying that, but that's really sad. Um, so I wanted to find you to mention it because I figured you would be the best person to kind of organize all of that and, and make sure that the, the group does it. I thought the kids would really like hearing your music and that, you know, maybe you could think of some really nice, happy, uplifting songs that you guys could play. Could I bring my puppets? 
You know what? I think they would love that. What what kind of puppets do you have? Well, I make my own. So I have the yodeler and I have the yak and I have the schnitzel maker, of course. <laughs> oh my goodness. I love it. That is perfect. Would you do a little puppet show for them? Like in between the songs, maybe? It would be my pleasure. Thank you. I would love for you and the band to do that for the kids. So can you make sure that happens? I would love to. You're so kind, and I'm so glad that you are now my new friends. Oh, um, yeah, me, me too. Well, I have puppets to make. This is so exciting. Thank you. No problem. And he skips off. Yoo-hoo, skip the balloon, yoo-hoo. And he's gone, <laughs> and you see the blue van is waiting for you. And Mr. Mr. McCool is like, hey, Evelyn, what's going on? How was your day? Uh, How um, are you feeling? I'm, I'm, you know what? I'm, I'm. Uh, hanging in there. It was, it was a good day of classes. Well, we have one question. And you see, there's like three or four people who like gathered around the bus and they have little signs that say like, get well soon, Evelyn. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Would you like to see your brand new dorm? And Maddie goes, I am so ready. And you see that she's, she's behind you, Evelyn. She's got a cart with like all of her shit on it. Um, her massive collection of Richard Simmons uh, VHSs are held prominently there, obviously. You see Randy the Rattlesnake, yeah, is in a room. Like his, his little fish tank is an identical thing of what her old room used to be. Oh my gosh. I'm so ready. Oh my god. Hey, Rumi! And she runs up to you. Hey, Maddie. Uh, I see you've got all your stuff. That's great. I didn't want to waste a second of our roommate time. Oh, very nice. Um, well, I guess they're just getting ready to show it, so let's go take a look. Let's go! And Evelyn, you get led, right? You you lead them down to the very basement in that metal door and the slots open up. And yeah, Evelyn, when he opens the door, he goes, okay, on the count of three, you're about to see your dream that your friend Zach went out of his way to make your dream a reality. Three, two, one. Yeah. There you go. And Evelyn, you walk into your apartment and it's exactly like what the drawing showed. You see that you have like a room there with the sliding doors and a kitchenette and a wonderful bathroom and this huge lounging sofa area. Um, you see that the one thing that did get cut was like the the, the sexy corner. Um, <laughs> maybe your, your reaction to it made them change it to a more like relaxing hangout corner. So there's like a TV, there's a, even an Atari system there. Oh, wow. Yeah, and there's like a big couch and there's there's even a hanging chair in that corner. Those like pod hanging chairs. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, that's there. And there's the hand chair. So there's a little hangout area. And then, yeah, on the other end is the crown jewel, your reading nook. Yeah, Evelyn looks at it and she's like, yeah, she walks over to check everything out. She goes over to the reading nook and kind of sits in the chair and then gets up and says, well, this is better than I could have imagined. This is so impressive. Is it helping, Evelyn? Do you feel better when you look at this room? Do you feel some of your conditions going dormant? Um, you know what? They might have. Um, I've actually been hearing that um, there may, there's this experimental treatment that they're interested in trying on me, and I think the happiness that this room provides could, you know, really help make this treatment work. I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. 
That's what we love to hear. Anyways, I got another door to transform. We'll see y'all later. Goodbye. And Mr. McCool leaves, leaving you and Maddie in your room. And Evelyn, as you're exploring, you see that a rat sneaks through one of the holes in your room, jumps on your bed and like holds out its paw, expecting some money from you. Um, so <laughs> Evelyn just makes sure, or she, she says to Maddie, hey, Maddie, why don't you get Randy set up in the room? Find a nice spot for his aquarium. I'm already working on a perfect replica of this room for his aquarium. You see, oh, she's got perfect. her arts and crafts things out, oh, and she's already making it. Look, wow. Um, yeah, very impressive uh, poster board, and uh, I like the glitter. I'm going to make sure that even the miniature ladder slides across the bookcase. I think he'll love it. If you can do that, that will be very impressive. I can do a lot of things with minis. Here we go. And okay. she puts her like big googly glasses that she has to see better on and she gets to work. <laughs> okay, yeah. So now that she knows Maddie's occupied, she goes over to the rat and she takes out the mon money from uh, her bag and hands it to him. Yeah, you see that it's actually half ear. And half ear takes the 50 and he kind of gives you like a low bow and scurries off to go back to the rat king to give him his money. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and as you're looking at your new room, Evelyn, uh, I assume, did you bring back any of those books with you, Evelyn? Yeah, I feel like she would have. Um, the ones that seemed a bit more promising, I think she would take back with her. Absolutely. And as you kind of settle in, you get a message. Your pin vibrates and you hear Iris say... I would like to make a formal address. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the society. Bad things happened. Quick. Hi, this is Iris. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, hey, Maddie. Um, I'm uh, meeting up with a, a study group. I'll see you in a little bit, okay? Okay, I'm going to need about seven to ten hours to finish this anyway, so okay, I'm all good. Sounds good. I look forward to seeing... Uh, Randy's new home in that rolling ladder when I get back. It's going to be the greatest thing ever. I bet. So you head over to the society and that brings us back to Zach. Oh my. Zach. Okay. <laughs> so the last time we left him, he's saying, but I think it's time for you to learn you need to learn about who you really are and why you can do what you can do. And in this vinyl, in the record, Zach, you can hear like behind him. It sounds like different experiments are going on. You hear like shocks and bubbles and different tests. And people go like, all right, test four, clear. And you kind of hear, uh, you know, kerfuffle in the back. And he says, I suspect that I won't be around by the time you hear this, Zach. Some of us have already gone missing. But, Zach, you're probably realizing as you get older that you, well, have... I guess the easiest way to say it is you have powers beyond your consciousness and you can extend outward to others that you have intense shared experience with. Zach, I just need you to know that this is not a coincidence. It was designed... You were designed by me. What? What? Oh my what? god. What? 
Listen, there is so much that I need to tell you, and this goes so far up and so far back that I'm not even sure I know it all. All I know is one day I'm a broke scientist, just slapping together tiny grants for human genome projects, and the next thing I know I get a multi-million dollar investment from Oakhurst College, of all places, to explore the genes that amplify human interconnectivity. To create people like you, Zach. You were the first and my only successful creation. I took the formula myself, and when your mother and I had you, it, I didn't feel anything from what I took, but it seems that you inherited the formulas that I took. Look, Zach, I, I, I don't have a lot of time. It's, it, it's all tied together. All right, the, the, the whole state is at risk. And, and what you need to know above all things, all right, Zach, is that they're looking for people with certain attributes. They have to have power over certain things. And Zach, as he's saying that, you hear the door bust open and you hear people like kind of uh, a commotion break out and you hear your father go, Zach, I'm sorry, this is the last thing you hear. You need to know that I love you so much and I will always be proud. And the record stops. No. Uh, what? Um, he, he tries going on the B-side. Uh, there, uh, the, the B-side is just a song. This can't be fucking right. No, my dad was a fucking rock star. This, he wasn't a scientist. What the fuck? And it's just like every moment of, of Zach, like, the, the man he thought he, he knew was his father, it's it's different and it's it's wrong and he's angry and upset and doesn't know what to do doesn't know who he is i will say that the b-roll side is your dad's music so you can tell that he he was a musician but maybe he was a bit more too and his music playing zach is a lot like yours you could hear his voice and he, he he was like a lead guitarist and singer and his band like you could hear like they fucking rocked just like you guys do zach um takes a moment um after the, the song um finishes playing and just uh takes everything in um, and he goes to call alexis on like through streaming no, just through phoning. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you Whoa, call weird. Alexis's dorm and she picks up. Hey, Buster Brown. What are you calling me for? Listen, um... Fuck. I, I just got, like, a fucking bomb dropped on me, um... Zach, are you okay? Uh, can you, um, do me a favor? Yeah, of course, anything. Uh, can you, um come to uh, Giuseppe's Alfredo house. I, I want, you know, my mom to see you. And I need, you know, somebody with uh, with restraint on my side, you know? Yeah, no, no, of, of, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll be there. I'll, I'll head there right now. And yeah, Zach, you see that it's getting to the time that you told your parents that you were going to meet. Or you told your okay, mom and uh, your stepdad you were going to meet. Okay, uh, uh, love you. Oh, I, I mean, uh, uh, and he just hangs up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Zach, we flash forward to you getting in your van and going to Giuseppe's Alfredo house, and Alexis is waiting outside. And she sees you, and she goes, Zach, Zach, are you okay? What's going on? 
Yeah, no, dude. Uh, no, I'm not. Um, I, uh, I got a hold of my dad's old records, and, uh, I, I don't know, man. I, it's, it's complicated. I'll, I'll tell you all about it later, but, uh, okay. it, it's a long conversation. So we're seeing your mom and your stepdad, eh? Fuck. Yeah, that's also a long conversation. Um, yeah, they're in town, I guess, for the day. Do you need me to play the smitten girlfriend? Or the angry ex? Should I make a scene? No, um, my mom always liked you, so, uh, you know, smitten girlfriends, actually. Okay, well, let's go. And she holds out her hand. He takes the hand. And as you walk in, you hear, Oh my God, is that Alexis? And your mom stands up and gives her a big hug. She like lifts her up off the ground. Alexis, it's so good to see you. Hello, Mrs. Wilder. How are you? And you hear, as Todd does that clearing of the throat every time someone calls her Mrs. Wilder. And he, uh, she looks back, she goes, Oh, hey, Todd. Hello, Alexis. And you see Todd like give her the fucking eyes up and down. The, the checkout eyes, you know? What? Uh, oh my God. Uh, Zach gives her like a knowing, like, yep, yep, that's him. He's a fucking creep. Look. Hello, and welcome to Giuseppe's Alfredo house. You see a man with extremely long arms, and like, <laughs> he still has some green face paint on his eyes. And he's like, I'm, uh, how, my name is uh, Rod, and uh, how would you like to be served today? I mean, what can I get you? I mean, I'm sorry, I spent the whole day on a film set and I'm a little bit tired, but I am still going to provide you the top quality service. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, I'll have one Alfredo pasta because, you know, everything else is covered in Alfredo and pasta's pretty good shit, so (laughs) give me some of that. (laughs) So everyone orders and uh, he walks away and your mom says, so what's going on with you twos? Um, well, uh, I guess, uh, well, cat's out of the bag, um, we're boyfriend and girlfriend? And we are so in love, Alexa says, as she, like, as she, like, jokingly, like, gropes your, your leg under the table. (laughs) Zach just, like, gives her, like, like a friendly sort of kick. Um, yeah. (laughs) Actually, though. And, uh, looks at her earnestly. Aww. <laughs> and she smiles and he goes, So, Alexis, are you still in the band with my successful straight-A son-in-law? Oh, yeah, no, we're, we're playing a lot of places. Actually, I just got a call from Friedrich Dingelhoff saying that we're playing at Children's Hospital soon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, ch- Charity, uh, I thought, you know, I figured it would be uh, uh, a nice uh, way to branch out, you know? Not just... Uh, Rock and roll's the devil's work, kind of bullshit. I mean, you know, um, sorry, don't mean to, to say that. Uh, you know, I don't want to be seen as that. Uh, it's just, yeah, good stuff, not bad stuff. Oh, that's my little Zacky Poo, always putting others first. <laughs> that's the reason why why we're um, doing this whole thing. I mean, you know, with, with what happened to Dad, cancer and all, um, like you told me. Uh, I, I just figured it was time to give back, you know? He always liked music, and uh, he was gone too soon, so... Zach, roll plus cold. It... Oh, jeez. Uh, fuck. That's, that's a 12. You see oh. your mother shift very uncomfortably when you say cancer. Mm. Oh. 
well, yes. I mean, your your father, uh, God, God rest his soul, did leave us a bit too early. And, you know, he's such a talented musician, just like my best boy. But, uh, yeah, no, the, the, the cancer was very hard on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just figured, you know, I, I miss him. I feel like I didn't really get to know him as much as I'd like to, so... Just uh, gonna do five, five, fucking five shows uh, with uh, with uh, this this whole hospital thing. Here's your food, uh, and he holds all of your plates in a single arm and distributes <laughs> them all with, with his other arm. Oh I hope that God. you all enjoy because it's always a happy day for the familia at Giuseppe's Alfredo House. <laughs> Wow, dude, it's like you found your calling here. Well, actually, I'm getting into the film business, you know? I, I do creature effects. Yeah, thank you. Can We're trying to fucking eat, says Todd. I mean, if you pull it up, Mike, he could probably be a boombox too, right? <laughs> <laughs> and as as uh, as Rudd walks away, your stepdad says, Well, uh, listen, I'm sure that your dad was a very nice father, but he left my wife high and dry and, well definitely couldn't provide for his family so excuse me if i'm not singing his praises go fuck yourself todd there's one fucking thing you don't say and that you know what my dad my real dad was I, i'm not good at math but he was 10 times the man you'll ever fucking be okay all you can provide is a fucking I don't know, a fucking nice check. All you can provide is fucking sending your... I'd say your kid, but let's not kid ourselves, right? Off to some fucking school. Listen. Mom, it it was good catching up, but uh, I think I lost my appetite. He's gonna, like, pat his face and and throw the, the napkin on his plate and start walking away. So as you walk away, Alexis looks back at Todd and says, you should be ashamed of yourself and runs up to you and says, Zach, 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 please, please just stop for a second. What what the hell happened? What's going on with your dad? It's easier if I just fucking show you, man. Okay. Listen, uh, yeah, come, come meet me by my dorm. Well, let's let's go now. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't have anything else to do today, so yeah, let's go. <laughs> so you get back to the dorm, especially because your dinner lasted a whole of five minutes. <laughs> and you play for her the record, I assume. Yeah. And she sits there in silence. So uh, I think this answers a lot of my questions. So you can connect with other people on it. Is, is that what I experience when I, I can feel you as if you're, like, there sometimes? You can feel it? Yeah, I mean, sometimes I just... I don't know, I can just feel that you're next to me and I turn around and you're not there. Do... Has anyone else mentioned anything like that? Like, Travis? I, I mean, we, we, we always kind of joke around and say that, you know, you're kind of with us in spirit all the time and... I don't know, maybe that's it. Maybe we're all feeling it and we're not knowing what we're feeling. Fuck. What do you think this means? Some, I'm, I'm just some science experiment? 
It doesn't sound like that, Zach. It sounded like your dad took stuff and then and then it didn't work on him, but it just happened to, to get in your blood and work on you. But the question is, did he say that they got a multi-million dollar investment from Oakhurst College? Zach, you weren't even born yet. How, why the hell did you end up here? Like that That's um, weird, right? Oakhurst College gives your dad money and then you end up going here? My... That, those can't be fucking related. Todd fucking sent me here. I don't know, Zach. Oh, fuck. I don't know. And Zach, on that, your pin goes off. Hmm. And you hear Iris say, Get to the society quick, bad stuff. Hi, this is Iris. <laughs> <laughs> fuck. God damn it. Dude, yo, Lex, I gotta, I gotta go. Yeah, no, that's... That's no problem. Do you want me to... You know what? Do you mind if I stay here and listen to this a few more times and see what I can pick out? If you don't want me to, I I, I, I completely understand. This is this is probably one of your greatest possessions that you have, and I, I don't want to use it unless you're okay with it. That'd be true if if you weren't the, the greatest... No, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is you mean a lot to me, so yeah, fucking do it. Go get him, Tiger. Finally, you all <laughs> arrived back at the headquarters. We did it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so proud of us. Good for us. And you're, you're now all sitting around the table. The chairman is sitting in the front. Zach, you're the last one to come in. Uh, Zachary, please take a seat. Would you like some food? Uh, yeah, actually, I'm fucking starving. <laughs> Just simply speak to the golden plate what you would like. Um, I actually do have a craving. Can I get some Alfredo sauce pasta? <laughs> Giuseppe's Alfredo pasta pops up right in front of you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Oh, I can't look at any more pasta today. I just can't. <laughs> oh, that's some good shit. <laughs> Iris, can you tell me why you summoned us all here? It seemed very urgent. Yes. Um, also, can I keep this plate for my friend named Debbie? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm afraid that this that plate doesn't work anywhere but in here but oh, okay. do, do, do you need food Iris um yeah maybe but I, I can get to that after and uh, she turns to the group and just says okay so some weird stuff happened today and she relays everything about um the VPs wearing the pin and all the things that she saw in the vision with Bert and she concludes it with saying so yeah um I'm pretty sure you might have seen me um, peeking in at him, but also he's using people for energy. It was really scary. And apparently all the people, all the gophers, as they call themselves, are being affected too, and maybe it's because they're underground? Wait, what were they repeating again? They were repeating, um, um, self, science, others, arcane, and nature. Uh, this is gonna sound really weird, but say it. There's a lot of similarities between us and those words. I mean, what? again, your science, uh, Iris Nature. Is Me? Yay! Arcane is you, Evelyn? I guess, yeah. Um, and, and I'm just me. And <laughs> Zach would be others. Yes. It fits. Huh. And that would make Cain self, apparently. Self. Oh, 
Holy shit. Kane did not connect those dots. <laughs> like, my mind is blown <laughs> right now, actually. <laughs> and, and Iris, you mm. said that that was a, a, a that was like a, some source of power. And yeah. what happened at the end? Well, um, well, the, the people that were being sucked of their energy were chanting the same thing, and then they just kind of shriveled up, and then he, the, the, the person got really big, and then he went to, like, smush me. And then I woke up, and I fell backwards, and it was scary. And Egan turns to the chairman, and she says, Do you know of this? Is this why you've assembled us? I've never heard of this ritual before. I... If, if the founder is trying to make philosopher stones, he, he doesn't need this ritual. It just takes a certain spell. You have to engrave an incredibly powerful sigil on the ground, and you must have power yourself to do the philosopher's stone. But this, this five, I, I've never heard of this. I don't know what he could be. Oh no. What? What? He he stands up, and he's pacing around the table, and he says. Listen, there is, there is one thing that I need you to know about the Founder. You see, you have already told you this, but we are, in a lot of ways, we started so similarly and we took very different paths. You see, what the society represents is, well, change, ever-present change. Time moves forward. People change. Society members change. They grow. They learn. They die. Sometimes very, very old. Sometimes not. But we represent the ever-ebb of flow and time. And the founder represents... Well, when we parted ways, he embraced stagnation. Keeping his bodily form forever. And I... As you know, I rejected my bodily form. I made a tether, though I am not proud of it, to keep my spirit at least to this plane. But he chose, as much as it's hard to believe, a much, much darker path. Philosopher's stones can extend age, but... But he's so powerful. He's so... I, In order to contain the youth and power that he has in his bodily form, it must be such a number of philosopher stones, but how could he even make that many without anyone noticing? We're talking thousands of stones made. Thousands of people disappearing and dying. Specs disappeared recently, and mm. you're, you're saying that you need a person to make a philosopher stone? It's, it's human essence. It's the human spirit turned into nothing but pure energy, reduced to its most basic atomic energy state. That's what a philosopher's stone is. It's powered by a human soul. And once it's out, it, it burns up, and you need to find a new one. And if you exhibit as much power as the founder still exhibits, I know from the few times that we have been able to run into each other to conduct our yearly it's not meetings but we're bound you see like I said we're, there's ancient magic holding us together 
that neither of us can break, and he's so powerful. I, I, compared to him, I'm, I'm nothing, and I don't... The amount of energy that it takes to sustain that level must be exorbitant, and I don't know how he's getting it. Well, I mean, it seems like the people in the visions were... I don't know, but it seemed... I don't, correct me if I'm wrong, Eric, but it seemed like they were doing it out of their own free will, chanting and giving up their energy. It depends. I mean, under certain magic, people can be forced to do things. It depends on how much energy and power he has against... But these five people, I, it seems like he's trying something new. Do you think he wants to do that to us? That's what I'm worried about. But how... that That's my question. How does... I have kept so much of your information secret from you, and, and what, he, he, he's been waiting this long just for you? How did he know you would all be here? How, how did he know that each of you would be here at the same time if all of you, as Evelyn said, fit these criteria? I've had hundreds of students come in here through a hundred years, and none of them have all fit these same criterias. We've never had a member of the faculty before, let alone a scientist. We, I, I, it, it doesn't, it doesn't make sense. We've never had a fey creature come in here before. It doesn't make sense. Perhaps we have been being watched for many years. What? I, I don't I know. Had that, to, that's the only explanation. I, I had think to of bug her. my aunt. I had to make a deal with her to come here. She didn't want me to come. I, I, I can't see how he could have spied on you from a whole other realm, especially not when your aunt holds dominion. What made you want to come here, Iris? Oh, um, well, I wanted a fresh start with less pressure, and I was getting bored of being in my world. I've been there for 80 years, and I've heard stories about this world, so I finally convinced my aunt to let me come. And how would we know? How would he know? Maybe he has someone that sees the future? But that is... Possibly. To reach that... The conclusions are... No, that's still a mystery for another day. We, we, We won't figure it out now, but... If you do, you need to tell me, because how how they found out that this is the time to strike, again, whatever he's doing is, he's not just trying to secure himself a body that's powerful. He's doing something completely different, something that is haunting the dreams of people who are even in the tunnels. That's, yeah. that, that's an output of power that I have never even heard of, and he wouldn't be doing that if it wasn't near time to make his move. It costs too much. That's the thing about Philosopher's Stones. They they cost energy, the energy that they exist in. He wouldn't be burning all of this. If, if It doesn't make sense if his idea was to keep a powerful body. Why burn all of this energy? I mean, he got bigger. Yes, and to make something more permanent. And, and the size, it could be metaphorical, it could be mm. literal. I don't, I don't know. Also, can we trust Mr. Silvertree? Has he given you a reason not to trust him? No, but I mean the pin makes me nervous, even though it was empty. And he mm-hmm. he helped Kane and his film set get down there. What if he's trying to take the people from the film set or something? And he wanted us to go look around the tunnels. Mm-hmm. I think that we need to proceed with caution from here on out. I, I didn't know if we could trust anybody but ourselves. Well, Iris and Kane, is that? Could you get something from Silver Tree? Could you perhaps? He seems to have taken a liking to you both. We were thinking the same thing. We were hoping to set up a meeting with him to yeah. try to get more information. 
I think that's a good call. If you want, I can try to come with you and see if I could use my talents to extract more information from him. Just be careful, Egan. If you break his mind, we might lose everything. Of course. If you want to, Egan, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yes, I, I think it's about time that I got to know Mr. Silvertree. Is there anything else, any, anything else that anyone discovered today? Um, Evelyn. Hey, yeah? Uh, weird question. How did you come here? Like, what made you come here, of all places? Um, well, my, my grandma told me about the area, and... I was always interested in going to school here. She told me, you know, always told me stories about the Salem Witch Trials and things like that. And it sounded really cool to, to be in that area. And so I saved up the, the money that was left over um, after she passed away, you know, after the funeral expenses were paid and... Um, everything else was taken care of, and I had enough to, to pay for my first year's tuition and um, the dorm room in the roots, so I, I took it. So you came here on your own? I guess, but in a way. Yeah, Zach, didn't you? Yeah, what about no. you? No, fuck, no. Do I look like the type who wants to go to fucking college, man? Oh, um, I guess not. <laughs> no. Thank you, no. <laughs> Um, my, my fucking stepdad specifically signed me up to be here. Mm. I mean, stepdad. like, Kane, did you, 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 you had to come here, right? Yeah, demon chose for me. I didn't choose for myself. Fuck. I thought I was onto something. I mean, you know, Kane and I, we, we, we were put here. I actually don't know why my aunt sent me here. I didn't specifically say here. I just said I wanted to go into the human world and go to university. But maybe it was just a coincidence. I don't know, man. After today, I don't think there's a lot of coincidences uh, out there. I don't think my aunt would send me somewhere where I would be harmed. I mean, I'm kind of important to the clan. Yeah, and I didn't think my mom would be lying to me about how my, my dad died, but, uh, what? well, we find out fucking fun things about wait, our wait, family all the time. What? Eh? No, what are you talking about, Zach? I found... I have... My my dad's old records, there was something... Apparently, um, he was, was given some sort of a grant or something to go from Oak, Oak Haven. Um, long story short, uh, I'm like the product of some some weird mojo juice and you know mommy daddy fucky times I guess. Huh? What? Wait, what? Yo, your okay. father when, worked here? When a man and a woman love oh. each other very much. <laughs> okay. Oh my god. I don't think you need to explain that to Iris. So your father worked here. Why singling out Iris? Oh, Kane. Jesus. You were the one who said what? <laughs> I don't think he worked here, but I think he was... He was working for somebody who had, well, deep pockets, we'll say. 
uh, and that person is, is affiliated here. What is... Do you know who it was that he worked for? Uh, he didn't He didn't mention specifically. What's, what's your father's name? I'm assuming last name Wilder? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Barry Wilder. Barry Wilder. He always just by me. Mm. Hated the fucking name. Hmm. Wow. I, I think... I think we need to look more into your father's background. If that's okay, Zach. Yes, uh, of course, of course, if that's all right with you. I mean, if you can find anything about the guy, he's a bit of a recluse for a fucking uh, rock legend, but yeah. Well, uh, maybe that's our game plan. Maybe Iris, me, and Egan, we go tackle Silvertree, and then maybe Evelyn and you, Zach, you can start to check out what the heck was up with your dad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can help you do some researching if you want. Evelyn, didn't you get some yearbooks from Rufus? Yeah, yeah, he gave me all the, the yearbooks that were in uh, the frat house. I, I wonder if perhaps there might be some information in there. If his father is in there, or perhaps the person he worked for? Maybe. It, it, it seems like what Zach's father is implying is is very secretive. I don't... I've never heard of millions of dollars, I mean. There must be a record, but I wonder if it's hidden. But no, I think that's a good idea. It's best to comb the the books. But uh, listen, I know that there's a lot going on and everyone is feeling very gloomy right now, but I, um, I wanted to give you something a bit more fun. Oh. Well, me and Lucky. Phew, a rainbow explosion <laughs> happens. <and> Lucky goes, <laughs> Everyone, did you miss me? Oh, as always, Lucky. Hello, everyone. Well, me and the chairman were talking, and we wanted to give you something all so fun. (gasps) Yes, well, I had the idea. Thank you, Lucky. Try to steal my thunder. Listen, (laughs) I I know it's very strange, but I really, really love the Bangles. Um, they are one of my favorite bands, and I tried to get you tickets for them, only to find out that they broke up three years before. Oh. Now, I was very disappointed, but Lucky took it upon himself to go with the walk like an Egyptian theme. Ah, yes, that is where I am very intelligent, you see, and creative. And what he found in the end, I think, is much less interesting than a Bengals concert. But nonetheless, Lucky got it out of love and respect, and, well, it's from both of us. And Lucky throws down five tickets, and you see that on the tickets it says, Ancient Egyptian Exhibition. Oh, this sounds really cool. Thank you. There is a exhibition happening early next week. It's in one of the main presentation symposium buildings at the college and well uh, one of the professors from abroad is returning from his extended sabbatical across the ancient world and he's bringing back different artifacts that he discovered from London and Cairo and all the famous museums in between and well it's not much it's kind of lame but there's the walk like an Egyptian theme I hope that you all Listen, the truth is, if we're not celebrating things, if we're not celebrating history and art and love and sex and kindness and food and friendship, then what the hell are we doing? We're no better than the founder anyway, because if we're not living for these things, if I can't teach you that, yes, honing your magic is very important, but honing your humanity is more important, because I know better than most that 
by the time you need your humanity most, it's gone. Well said. <laughs> Thank you very much for these. Uh, yeah. I'm sure we will be putting this to good use. I mean, I've already been pretty good with the love and sex stuff, and she winks I came, but she's like, I would love to learn more about history. I mean, the only place I've been is Ireland and here. Guys, I'm a little worried that we're being watched. How am I gonna sleep at night? I, I know, I think we need to be extra careful with what we do and what we say when we're around other people. Agreed. Mm. Hey, Zach, are you okay? Okay's a, a strong word. Do you need some friends tonight? Or do you want to be on your own? <laughs> I have that all, uh, you know, set. He, he gives her a, a no. <laughs> she smiles back. <laughs> okay. But uh, thanks for checking in. Of course. Well, happy first day back, everybody. <laughs> and he kind of raises his goblet of uh, chocolate milk. <sighs> Chocolate milk. Yeah. Chocolate. Oh. <laughs> and this was like the welcome week all over again, but for like crazy knowledge. Eh? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exposition week, my friend. <laughs> you know what? That's just too much of a good button. On, yeah. on that, yeah. the camera pans out of the society door and out into the cold January campuses, the bell tolls. And as you all eventually head to your respective um, beds and go to sleep, our camera is going to fade on another night at Oakhurst College. Our camera opens back up in the tunnels where all of the people who live there are still sleeping. And this time you see that Bert is the only one up on night watch. And he watches through the fire in front of him as he can hear the echoes of everyone else sleeping. And all of them are tossing and turning in their sleep. And all of them, in unison, cry aloud in this horrible shriek of pain. And they all say the same words together. You hear that they kind of pop across the room, but they're all said in the same order. You hear someone say, self, science, others, arcane nature, self, science, others, arcane, nature, until they all say it together in unison, and they repeat it again, and again, and again, and the volume gets louder and louder and louder, and Burke gets terrified and kind of hides as far as he can back on the wall, and they all, in this crescendo, scream it at the same time, and they all wake themselves up, and they wake themselves up, and you see they're all sweaty, and they're all, they've all terrified themselves, they've clearly all woken up from a horrible dream, and Debbie is the first one to say, it's all right, everyone, please go back to bed. Please, just, we're, we're safe. I, I, I don't see anything. Bert, do you see anything? No, I don't see anything. We're safe, everyone, please. And as everyone goes back to bed, Debbie looks behind her into the darkness of the tunnel looming before her. And for a second, she thought that something was watching her but it's long disappeared into the shadows now. <laughs> and as her and her makeshift family all sleep for what is going to be another night of surely terrifying dreams, as something plagues the campus that's rooted in fear 
misery, and death. And on that, our camera fades away. Sensei.